You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG. And we are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. It is game week. Game week, and you can feel it in the air. You can feel recruiting picking up a little intensity as now they can contact 24s. You can start having visitors on campus. Not going to be a huge visit weekend, but uh, you're going to have some guys taking in game action and rubber meets the road. Uh, you actually can do a little, uh, a little gawking. Hopefully it's gawking at the Ohio State Notre Dame game. I know that's what the Michigan coaching staff is probably hoping uh, that, you know, maybe there's a little maybe there's a little uh, bringing down to earth for the team that they've done the, the most battle with in this recruiting cycle so far. And that's Notre Dame. We'll talk about that and much more with the best crew in the land when it comes to Michigan football, basketball and recruiting. That's the crew over at the Michigan Insider, starting, of course, with. Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Great, guys. Ready for game time. Absolutely. And one, Mr. Bryce Marich. Bryce, how are you today? Not bad. I feel like, you know, Edwin Diaz. If I had a little Timmy Trumpet uh, intro me into this, it would be a little better, but that's fine. That's fine. We can work on that. <laughs> well, so did they, you know, did they have the spotlight on you when you walked into your game last week to go see Mr. Priestcorn? Oh, most definitely. And they saw that 24-7 sure, and they said, oh, there's a five-star. And I said, dang right it is. Right, right. So we, we do have a lot to dive into. We will start talking about all the 24, or some of the 24, because they probably contacted a ton of guys last night. We'll highlight some of them. One of them almost certainly was the young man you went to see last week, Bryce, uh, from Rochester Adams. Yeah, so uh, Brady Prescorn, 6'6", 215, the number 70 player in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. He's only behind C.J. Carr in terms of the state rankings as well. So he's a guy that has over, he told me, 32 offers. Um, you name them, he's got them. Michigan's one of them. And he's a guy that when I watched him play, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect, you know, because I knew he was a tight end by trade, but – was he just going to be, you know, blocking? Was he going to be going out for, you know, passes? What were we going to see? And it was surprising because he actually played defensive line coming off the edge for the whole game on top of playing tight end, but also being flexed out to wide out. So he did quite a bit for Rochester Adams, um, home of the fighting Vincent Grace. So that's a school Michigan fans are familiar with. But uh, he looked really good. I know um, – his quarterback is coming into Alabama for baseball, so he's got a pretty good arm, and he was chucking up there. He made a really good play on one of the balls, Brady, and he's the guy that obviously he has the prototypical mold and fit for the tight end position. He's easy to, it's easy to see why. He's so highly recruited with his speed, athleticism, and his just catch radius. I mean, if you throw it up near him, most likely he's going to get it. He's got great hands as well. He's a basketball player on – in, in addition to playing football. So he is, uh, he's very good, a multi-sport athlete. But in terms of his recruitment, he's got 30 offers. I said, hey, man, that's a lot of offers. I've right. thought about breaking it down. What, what's the game plan there? And he said, listen, midseason, I kind of want to chop it down. I don't know if that's 15, 10, or 5, but he wants to at least chop it down. And he smiled at me and he said, 
Michigan's probably going to make that, you know, top us, whatever it is, you know. Um, and he's a guy that doesn't really do interviews. So we didn't really know much about him. And he kind of surprised me. And I said, well, you know, what do you know about Michigan? I know it's the local school and they're close by, but have you even been to Michigan? He's like, oh, yeah, I've been three times this offseason. I was like, that's quite a bit of uh, visits for a guy to make. And I said, what was your experiences and what do you think of it? And he said two things really stood out to him. One, Grand Newsome, which has been common, uh, like a common denominator for many of these guys where he said, again, he's been through the full process where he was a player, he got recruited, he played for Harbaugh, he got hurt, transitioned to a coach, and now he's going through the recruiting process as a coach. He relates to these kids and he understands what TikTok is, what Snapchat is, and what the new NCAA football is coming out. He knows all that. And so he can talk to them on a personal level and not just X's and O's. And that's a coach he's really vibing with, really connecting with. And also the director of recruiting operations, Albert Karshnia, is got a good connection with him as well, Brady, because his father, Albert's father, coaches for Orchard Lake St. Mary's, who they played last Friday night. Well, Brady's older brother played at, you know, Orchard Lake St. Mary's as well when his dad was coached there. So the family is very familiar with his family as well. And it's uh, the biggest thing there is there's the trust factor. You know, they really enjoyed being coached by his father when he was, you know, there. He now plays for Memphis. Um, but I guess the biggest thing I – leaned away from that experience. One, I think Michigan's in a good spot, especially taking three quietly trips to, you know, campus. And the other thing I got the vibe of, I think he wants to stay closer to home. That's not a for sure thing. That was kind of my impressions after talking to him. But if that's the case, I like where the Wolverines stand with those connections. And plus you mentioned Jim Harbaugh and just the tight end usage. That's always appealing. Right. And when you look at the top players, in the state uh, next cycle, at least as they stand right now, this is like the guy in the top five. Yeah, him and Jacob Oden, who we'll talk about a little bit later, but CJ Cars committed to Notre Dame. Brandon, David, Brandon Davis Swain's committed to Notre Dame. Nick Marsh is, is committed to uh, Michigan State. So uh, this is the top five. These two, Priest Corn and Jacob Oden, are the top five battleground for uh for for michigan so it you know stands to reason that both he and jacob Oden were, were definitely among the guys that they that they really uh, made a point to contact early and steve let's let's use that to segue with these uh with these 24s i mean the the night where you know you can officially uh initiate that contact make those calls uh, so that means the coaches are bur burning the midnight oil literally to start talking to these guys on the phone. And Michigan coaching staff was definitely participating in that last night. can only imagine how excited coaching staffs around the country are having to stay up until midnight, 1, 2 a.m., two days before they kick off their actual football season, right? Um, great day for the kids. Probably the worst day of the year for recruiting staffs. Uh, just got to be a stressful day but but Michigan obviously uh you know the theme with this for people who don't know a lot like Michigan other schools around the pro uh, around the country I mean they, you contact the majority of the kids that you have like verbally offered a scholarship to at this point so I mean we're talking 
probably triple digit prospects that heard from Michigan in some capacity since the clock struck midnight. Um, that being said, not all contacts are with equal force or equal uh, excitement. I think, you know, we, we know where there's a good, pretty solid top board. I mean, we have the top targets page on 24 seven is probably relatively accurate. I wouldn't say it's hundred percent. I'm sure there's some names could be shifted up and down there, but uh, yeah, a few of the guys we were talking about before we got on, one is Ricardo Jones out of Warner Robins, Georgia, top 100 safety. Uh, we've talked about before that it's it's not a certainty that Michigan is going to take a safety by trade in 23. So it becomes a pretty important spot in 24. Uh, Jones was just up for the barbecue. I know Bryce got a good reaction from him. Uh, he's got to be one of the top overall targets. Uh, said he heard from, I think he said nearly or almost 10 different members of the Michigan staff uh, around midnight, including Jim Harbaugh. Uh, So huge priority there. You know, another one that we were going to talk about is Justin Scott, the five-star defensive lineman out of Chicago, Illinois, uh, big timer. That might be a Michigan-Notre Dame deal eventually. I don't know. I'm sure there are other schools are going to start getting involved with some of these regional guys, but but Justin Scott is a a five-star prospect all the way. Um, I know Bryce had a couple guys – that you had wanted to mention too, that got some extra, some extra love from the staff too. Yeah. Um, Jordan Anderson, he's a wide receiver from Long Beach, California, a uh, guy that came up for the barbecue at the big house. And he actually played seven on seven with Samaj Morgan when Samaj was traveling around the nation has formed a really good bond with only Samaj, but his father. Um, and when he made that trip up, I mean, they loved it. Had a great time, and right after that trip, he planned a second trip to Michigan, coming up for the Penn State game. But, yeah, he told me again today that the whole staff, like the whole staff hit him up. And uh, Ron Bellamy's kind of running point there, so that's a good thing as well. And King Joseph Edwards, um, borderline five-star talent from Buford, Georgia, the powerhouse down there in the Peach State, 6'5", 242. He's a tight end. But some schools like him a defensive end as well. He heard from the majority of the coaching staff as well. And he said, not only did he hear from them, they made a new recruiting pitch to him. I said, listen, you can play both sides of the ball. And so that was something that was really intriguing and also very appealing to him as well. But like Steve said, I mean, there's so many names we could go over. But they hit up the majority, and those are some key guys that they talked to. Yeah, man, it, this is, you know, Michigan's recruited Illinois, you know, harder and harder, seemingly uh, going back to, I want to say JJ's class is really, when it really, really seemed to, to take off, but man, they are hitting Illinois. 24, I, the effort being put forth in Illinois is palpable, and Justin Scott, without question, number one prospect in the state. And I remember talking to him th- this summer as I made the, the run through Illinois. I talked to his trainer, uh, wound up doing a, a, you know, doing a Zoom with him a little bit later. Uh, and he mentioned that the, the offer that sort of resonated the most when he got it was Michigan because he was a guy, you know, that he goes to a school that's not a big time school in Illinois. He wasn't expecting to be a big time prospect. He was like a. He thought he was going to play basketball and that kind of, he just, there were, there were just a lot of reasons for him to not think he was going to be this, this football guy. He just exploded. And so when Michigan, much kind of like, 
kind of like uh, Marquise Lightfoot. You know, similarly, another guy in Illinois in the 24 class that Michigan is tracking very hard who really, really, really blew up. The difference is, while I think that, you know, Marquise, the, the, some of the, the, the local schools, the footprint schools like Michigan and Michigan State, I think those are schools that are really resonating with him. With Justin Scott, I think it's different because I think it, it's the footprint schools are resonating and that the footprint schools are where he's going to look to the most. Like, I think Marquis is going to look around. Like, he's going to look at Auburn. He's going to look at SC. He's going to look at the national schools. Justin Scott, I don't think he wants to get that far away from home, guys. And I, that's why I'm with you, Steve. I think it's going to be Michigan-Notre Dame. Now, you know, Notre Dame has the advantage of they've had him on campus. He was going to visit Mich- try to visit Michigan for the barbecue and couldn't make it up. So he, you could expect for him to try to make it up during the season. Uh, he mentioned that. But, man, that is a guy that is a pure battleground guy. And he's also a guy that, uh, you know, when you talk about when you talk about defensive line coach Mike Elston, you know, kind of bringing with him a connection. This is one of them. This is one of them that, you know, he comes to Michigan with with a with a tie. So this is one of the first guys he sort of moved on. That's resonating with the young man as well. So keep and I, he is a big time athletic dude. And it just feels like, you know, you look at him and you you look at you look at a guy that is truly that lump of clay. He hasn't filled out. He doesn't have a definition yet. It just feels like baby fat. And he's like, he's 295 pounds. So you you're going to see this dude be a 310 pound animal, I think, when all is said and done. And I think there's a good chance to come down to Michigan Notre Dame. I'm right there with you on that, Steve. Yeah, and I know that hasn't been the school we've wanted, like Michigan fans have wanted to hear uh, Michigan going up against this cycle so far. But this that's where the 24 cycle uh, could very well be uh, different. If Michigan has a big season like we expect them to, uh, Notre Dame has a tough schedule. They have a tough season opener. I think you mentioned Sam against Ohio State this weekend. I think that one of the only times I think if you're a Michigan fan that you'd probably want to see Ohio State come out on top, uh, it would be this weekend strictly mm-hmm. for recruiting purposes because by and large, in a weird way, Michigan and Ohio State do not tangle as much on the trail, tangle up as much on the trail as Michigan and Notre Dame uh, tend to, at least in the last four or five years or so. So, you know, anything, anything, yeah, to kind of knock Notre Dame off of this lofty offseason perch that they've been on uh, would be a huge benefit for Michigan, maybe in 23, uh, but even more so in 24. So, yeah, and Justin Scott, I mean, might be the number one guy that those two schools are going to be going up against each other for. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, it does seem like a regional recruitment more than anything, which, you know, for a kid of that talent, uh, regardless of Notre Dame's the other program there, it's to Michigan's advantage that a kid like that isn't, doesn't want to go too far. Cause you don't, you don't have to worry about Alabama necessarily. You don't have to worry about Florida. You don't have to worry about USC. Uh, you know, they've won, they've beaten Notre Dame head to head plenty of times. Uh, they just haven't done it as much recently. So, uh, you know, 24, an opportunity, I think, for Michigan to maybe kind of flip the script a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mom's going to be huge in that one. Notre Dame does have a head start, but it's not like he's going to be making a decision anytime soon, at least. Uh, that's what the word was directly from him this summer. But I'm looking at the the rankings in Illinois for the uh, for the 24 class. And, of course, uh, according to the composite, 
uh, Justin Scott, Christian Betancourt, uh, Marquise Lightfoot, Marion Stewart, Eddie Turk. These are all guys for these are all guys for Michigan, man. Uh, and and they're big time. I mean, they aren't just they aren't just top guys in, in the state or region. They're regarded as top guys nationally. Our guys are a little higher on Cam Williams than the uh, than the composite. Our our analysts have him ranked as the number one um, Cam Williams wide receiver who Michigan recruited. Uh, he committed to Notre Dame, <laughs> right? They have him uh, ranked as the number one player in state. But I'm I'm gonna bet on Justin Scott holding that that mantle that perch before all is said and done. Amarion Stewart. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think if you were to sit in on a meeting, and this is not sour grapes, I want to make that clear, but if you were to sit in on a Michigan team meeting, my gut tells me they would have Amarion Stewart ranked ahead of Cam Williams. I think they are higher on Amarion Stewart than Cam Williams. They, The word I got about him at camp from others that were there was that he was electric. That he was dynamic, that he was super twitchy, that he was doing things like that made him go from being a, yeah, he's the guy we're recruiting to, man, we got to get him. We got to get that guy. So, and they're in pretty good shape. I think they're in pretty good shape. Uh, you know, he's been, he he made it to the barbecue. He's going to be back for a game. His brother's playing over Eastern. We've talked about all this before. Uh, another guy who was tweeting out, you know, Michigan stuff from, from the contact last night. Uh, so he's a dude. State of Illinois, man. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Michigan can can really capitalize there in the twenty four uh, in the twenty four cycle. Any any other guys of note that are really standing out in twenty four as far as the the contacts, Bryce and Steve? Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I think we hit on most of them. Like I said, uh, a team. I mean, so right. So um, obviously, the 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 Jaden Davis is. Right, like those yeah. guys were obviously contacted, right? For right, anybody right. out there listening, thinking, you know, we didn't mention Jaden Davis. <laughs> right. uh, guarantee you he was probably one of the first three or four prospects that they contacted. So uh, same with like a guy like, I don't, I don't know if we've discussed him here, but like Ryan Wingo, uh, the nation's yeah. top wide receiver out of St. Louis, is a guy that Michigan is in striking distance with. Uh, I'm sure they hit him up immediately. Uh, we mentioned before we got on a guy that Michigan probably not going to end up signing at the end of the day, but uh, five-star linebacker Sammy Brown out of Georgia is another guy that the mullet dude. Uh, for anybody who's seen that, you know he's a kid with a, a large mullet, um, looks like a throwback player. A uh, guy that Michigan, I'm sure, made contact with. Uh, but yeah, I mean the list is is pretty long. I would advise anybody. We're confirming them just to make sure. I mean, we expect to hear yes when we ask pretty much every kid that right. we reach out to during this process but uh our top targets page would be a good resource or even the offer sheet yeah honestly which is also easy to find on the site that they've probably contacted most of those guys yeah orion wingo got contacted he jay harbaugh has done outstanding groundwork in the city of st louis and ryan wingo was one of the guys who spoke uh, most glowingly about his connection with jay and that and that's significant considering that kid's tie. So his brother, he has one brother who went to Arkansas. He has another brother who went to Mizzou. He's been to Arkansas a ton. And he's feeling connection there. Mizzou has put forth a lot of effort early. His dad played at Michigan State. You know, ironically though, he didn't. He said he wasn't feeling a lot of 
green and white sort of um, pressure from dad. And so you can, by extension, you could say, you know, doesn't sound like you're getting the, the you know, the sort of in-house sort of cold water being splashed on Michigan, right? He really seems to to like Jay. Uh, I think it's a matter of him connecting with with Ron in person. I know that's a, a real big priority and just to keep uh, getting them on campus. Um, Jacob Oden. Jacob Oden back here in state. I know we, we already talked about um, Priest Corn. Well, the other guy in the top five here in state that Michigan – is is still a major play for us, Jacob Oden. His dad, who I've known forever, Rod Oden, is a Michigan alum, loves Michigan, but is making it a point to not wield that influence because I was talking to Rod about it. He said it's already there. I mean, everyone in his family is a Michigan person. They've He's grown up a Michigan fan, so it is, they've made it a point to not, I mean, to to, to sort of, remove that from the equation and not make his decision be based just upon that. And I think Michigan has done a really good job of not taking for granted that he's an in-state guy, that Steve Klinkscale has been on him as long or if not longer than any other guy recruiting him. So you have some ends, but you also have Michigan not resting on its laurels. I think that bodes well for them in that recruitment. I see some Michigan State crystal balls out, out there, not discounting them, but man, with with Clink there and the strong relationship that they have with him and the the natural ties that he has to Michigan, it's not a slam dunk. But man, I think Michigan uh, is the best bet to get Jacob Oden. Time will time will tell. I wonder what you think about that one, Bryce. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I know. A guy or analyst, I should say, that I'm really following with that recruitment is Alan, Alan True, who covers the Midwest extensively. And he even put in our thread after I posted that story of Jacob actually coming to the season opener, Michigan season opener this Saturday, that Michigan State was like a real, they're a real contender in this race. But he was hesitant to put in that crystal ball. Oh, just right. the fact of, like you said, that connection to Clink. He's been up there so many times. His dad, you know, I mean, his dad even coached Brandon Graham. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on of the connections, the ties, and the familiarity towards the university. Yeah, now they've sent kids to Michigan State. They've sent a lot of kids to Iowa. Right. Uh, but, right. right, he goes back to back when he was coaching at Crockett as an assistant. He coached Brandon Graham. Uh, and and he – if Rod loves Michigan. I don't mind saying that on, on camera. Rod Oden loves Michigan. Now he doesn't, he doesn't influence kids, especially even his own with that. Uh, and we even did an interview with him back in the summer about it, where he said, you know, I'm not going to push Jacob to me. He has to make the decision for himself. Uh, it has to, it has to be the best fit because he thinks it's the best fit and not just because he's a fan, because he thinks he's going to play because he thinks he's going to be developed because the depth chart is conducive. Uh, because the depth chart is reasonable. All the factors that go into decisions need to be applied here and not just give them a pass because that's who you loved growing up. And I think if you talk to Jacob, you get that feeling. And no, it's not It's not just because it's Michigan. And Michigan State is a legit team. But, man, you, you got you got Clink. I think Clink was the first one to offer him or one of the first ones to offer him. There He's can't the first be one a, to call him, too. Yeah, it can't be a stronger relationship in his recruitment than Clink. So – 
you know, he's a DB by trade. That's who would be coaching him. I I just I'm not putting in a crystal ball yet uh, because, you know, me, my standard is I got to throw a six down before I'm ready to do it. But I I think if I had to pick a school to beat, I would pick Michigan right now. So uh, at any rate, like Steve said, check out check out the list, the top targets list over on the Michigan Insider dot com. Steve does a great job of keeping that up to date. Speaking of up-to-date, we have an up-to-date list of the visits for Mr. Nicholas Harbor, and I think we have an up-to-date pulse of his recruitment. We will get into that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. And we're back, folks, here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And so, fellas, I made it down to D.C., back down to D.C., my third visit with Nicholas Harbor in the past year. My first time was last year around this time, as a matter of fact, was hearing about this 6'5", 230-pound guy who was running 10, 200 meters. I had to see it for myself. And lo and behold, it was true that there's this young man that has since become the fastest high school player in the country. He lowered his personal best times in the 100-meter and the 200-meter. Get this, Steve and Bryce. He's 6'5", he's 230. He ran a 10-2-200 meter and a 20.63 200 meter, just freakishly fast. If you talk to him, he he's pleased and yet was clamoring for something more. He wanted to be sub 10 heading into his senior season. I think there was a realization, and we talked about this, guys. There was a realization for him to get his speed down, that that was going to be a, a function and part of his weight. And Steve, that plays into the position thing, right? I mean, you can't be a 255-pound sprinter. And at least you can't be a 255-pound Olympic sprinter, which is why he said his preference is to be a pass catcher at the next level. And that's, yeah, that's what's been so fascinating about this recruitment. Uh, I mean, obviously, we all know he's going to run track wherever he goes, but track is important enough to, yeah, it's it's impacting his general approach uh, on the football, on the football side of things. Right. I don't know if we've seen that necessarily, right. We've, we know guys that have been recruited and, and are going to run track, whatever, but nothing, uh, you know, not a guy of his talent level on the track, but also, yeah, like the, it usually it's football would impact his track situation. This, this is almost a little bit of the opposite where his track situation is going to impact uh, the football side of things. So fascinating recruitment, fascinating prospect, Interested to hear what you thought of him, Sam, when you when you saw him live. Uh, you know, played against Evan Link, right? The current yeah. Michigan verbal commitment. So a real interesting dynamic there. 
I still say, I'm, I mean, I know you guys have to agree. You, you tell him he can play whatever he wants to, and then, yeah. you, you know, then you get him on campus. And, and if, if it works out at receiver, uh, it does, if you can convince him. Because I, I would assume I, we think his, his ceiling is still higher on the defensive side of the football, right? Um, but you can't you – can, you got to let him dictate what direction it's going to go. Uh, otherwise, you're, you're not going to get him. So. Yeah, no no doubt. His coach is Coach Rob Harris. When I first started talking to him, he was talking about defense. He mentioned he mentioned it when I talked to him this time around. He said, I'm sort of biased to, to him on defense, and I think he has awesome potential. And the feeling that I got from him and what I got watching him is he's probably he probably hits that level sooner on defense. Now, understand when I say that, I think he – he has elite potential on both sides of the football. What I'm saying is, how quickly does he reach elite status? I think it stands to reason that he would reach elite status on defense quicker than he'll reach elite status on offense, understanding he probably reaches elite status on both side, on either side of the ball with the right coaching, right? But, I mean, you can see it in the game. <laughs> Evan Link had himself a heck of a day. Gonzaga had them set as a team, as a collective, had a heck of a day. It was a home opener. They're coming off a disappointing season last year by their standards. You got Archbishop Carroll riding high, but they're a division, they're a level lower than them. Like if, I don't know what the, what the it would be like class A versus class B, the kind of thing if you're looking at it here in state. So you're punching up in, in weight class if you're, if you're Carroll. But you're feeling good about it because they had a one of the best seasons in recent history last year, and you got Nick Harbor. But they were never able to get on track. I mean, from the opening kickoff, Gonzaga takes the opening kickoff back, right? Uh, you know, they before you know it, it's the end of the first quarter. They're up 19 to nothing. And the, the biggest play you heard from Nick was the one where, you know, they go for it on fourth down. And, the, I mean, he's running a go route, and the pass runs him right into the goalpost. And when, it, I mean, he smacked, you, you felt like the goalpost was going to fall down. He hit it so hard. I mean, it was shaking. Now, to his credit, he came back. He played uh, the next offensive series. He took one defensive series off, but just not enough. They weren't able to feed him enough. He caught a pass, a couple passes in there, uh, had a few more targets. But the play you felt him the most on was the one time where he really, really got Evan. Because, you know, Evan, they, they didn't really match up until the second quarter uh, when he did uh, between Evan sort of doing a great job of, of walling him off, doing a great job of, 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 you know, I thought his quickness was underrated. We saw that he did a great job of just staying in front of him, man, that bull rush, the bull rush he hit him with at the end of the first half, he put, he put Evan on his back. He put Evan on his back and sacked the quarterback. And you see a play like that, and you're like, oh, man. I mean, 20 more pounds, and this dude could be – he could be dynamic as an edge guy. But like you said, Steve, I mean, you got you to gotta recruit him where he wants to be. And he wants to be on offense. I, I saw one of the posters say DK Metcalf. I understand why. I think it's more Kyle Pitts because – Nick is DK Metcalf size now. Nick is 6'5", 229, 230 now. That's what DK Metcalf is, and DK Metcalf is, is rocked up, right? 
So imagine when Nick puts on muscle. When you know, he, at that point, unless he, he he's going to lose some weight, he's going to play receiver initially. But imagine when the Olympics are over and and where he is size wise. I'm betting you Nick will be 245. I bet I'm betting you at 245 running a 43 like Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts is going to make his play to be the number one hybrid guy in the NFL this year, I think. And that's how good Nick Harbour can be. Problem is, you know, it's going to, uh, it's not a problem. It's going to take a coach. You're going to have to coach. You're going to have to develop him. You're going to have to develop him. So for, for fans who lament, oh man, you know, he, he's, he's better on defense now than offense. I don't know about you, Bryce. I say, that's what, isn't that what you pay coaches to do? To take a guy who has rare talent like this and bring it out of him? Bring it out of him. I I don't I put it this way. I bet you Ron Bellamy isn't shying away from the challenge. I bet you he's like, I don't want that. I don't know if I want that dude because he might be closer on defense than offense. I bet you he's not saying that, Bryce. No, I don't think any coach is saying that. And uh Sam, I watched that clip of that bull rush though against Evan Link. And you know what, you know what just popped in my head when I watched that? I thought of Clowney. Yeah. At 20 pounds, this man could be a better version. I mean, you said he has the bull rush, and that was evident. But you put a couple more tools in that toolbox, and he could be scary good. But, Steve, you, we've all been saying it. You kind of have to play him wherever he wants. And he probably will excel wherever he wants because, like you said, proper coaching, I guess, kind of learning more about the intricates of offense, you know, route trees, kind of learning yeah. things that probably right now he's just go get it. Just, you know, run a post, run this. And it's just little things here and there that he's going to have to pick up. But you can see he's a high football IQ. He knows the game well. And it's a guy that I think is also probably a good student as well. And Oh, my God. He's never gotten less than an A. So I have no doubts he can play whatever he wants, and he can pick it up pretty quickly as well. I think the biggest thing for me, two things. One, Evan Link. I really wasn't sure how he was going to fare in this game. And from all accounts and from what you've said and even the clips, he might be a little underrated. Yeah, might, Evan, you know? you know, all Evan at all Evan lacks, and he talks about this, and you'll see it in the video interview uh, that's posting today, as a matter of fact. So by the time people watch this, you'll be able to see Evan Link talking about the, the matchup. I already included some quotes, but you actually see him talking about it. He said, Yeah, man, I you know, I gotta get bigger and stronger. Simple. I gotta get bigger and stronger. He said, you know, I I have the mentality, I, I I'm really aggressive and physical in the run game. Uh, but, you know, being able to sit down in my stance, uh, being able to take on guys, really strong physical guys with, with bull rushes, uh, that's what that's one of the things I have to work on. And part of that is just time. You know he's going to get that at the at the college level. But I was impressed. I was impressed with how well he fared in that matchup. If yeah, he said it went back and forth, that he held his own. I think it it if you had to grade him, I, you would give him the edge in the matchup in that game. Now, it, I think he said back and forth because there was no better play made between the two than the one that Nick made on him. That was just <laughs> – that was highlight real stuff. 
I mean, he ran through him and sacked the quarterback. So, yeah, that that was impressive. And you got some schools that are still chasing him for for defense. I just think it's foolhardy. He he hasn't ruled that out. You know, I I wonder if if he you know one of the allowances that they're they're making or that they're saying is, hey, look, you know, you come in and and your freshman season, you just be like a designated rush guy. Like we. We'll cater our defensive plan to your Olympic dream. That's the only way that I think you could you could do it. But he was very pointed with me. He was very pointed with his with his track coach, Pam Fish. Uh, he's told he told Michigan this. I want to be a receiver at the next level. So for the schools who aren't coming at him that way, you know, maybe it's not a non-starter, but you just feel like they're at a at a bit of a deficit. There's been some talk lately that South Carolina and LSU are trending. Uh, I buy that South Carolina is trending somewhat because it's the last place he went. And it's the only school other than other than Maryland that his parents have seen, that both of his parents have seen. So stands to reason they're going to be trending up some, but Michigan's going to have that opportunity in a few weeks, uh, the weekend of the 24th for the Maryland game. Both of his parents will be up. Mom's from Detroit. His track coach is a Michigan alum. Uh, been very, very adamant about it. And and my concern, if I'm Michigan, would be, are we matching these other schools from a track perspective? And so when you look at LSU, for instance, he said the closest coach to him in recruiting is Jamar Kane, but he's the defensive line coach. That's a bit of an opening, I think, but there's a relationship there. And then you have, Maybe the strongest relationship with a track coach outside of one of the guys in Maryland is Coach Arts at LSU. And LSU is a renowned track program. Maybe, you know, the only school that can uh, counter them in that regard is, is SC on this list. So how do you balance that equation if you're Michigan? That would be my concern. Now, you talk to people in a circle, like Pam, his, his track coach, and she said, yeah, look, they've had plenty of discussions about it. Um, you say, hey, you know, Michigan doesn't typically get the Nick Harbors. So they have to get the guy or the, 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 the female or male athlete below that and raise them up. Every now and then they'll get a Nick Harbor or a Zia Holman, who is a star track athlete. And one of Nick's friends also from the DMV, she's recruiting Michigan really, really heavily. They start talking about what a track plan would look like if, if he felt like, you know, they're – there were some things that that you, you know, just like you do in football, how these football guys, they have J.J. McCarthy went and saw Tom House as a throwing coach for his shoulder, right? You could do the same thing in track. You do the same thing in track. And so I think they started looking at, at things like that. That's why I say between the academic piece, mom being from Detroit, and he's she's he says she's made no bones about how much she likes Michigan. Pam being super pro Michigan, not pushing him there, not telling him he has to go there, but her position being very, very clear. And then the academic piece, you know, the the academic athletic balance that he can achieve at Michigan, I think will keep them in the running until the very end. So I I think it's premature to put in a crystal ball especially for South Carolina. Like, I don't know who in his circle people are talking to to, to put that out there. I buy that they're trending, but that he's going to go there? 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that right now. Beamer's doing a great job too, but I wouldn't say that right now. The school, if I'm Michigan, the school that would scare me the most would be LSU. I mean, <laughs> that that would be the one, Steve and Bryce. I mean, just they're elite on the football side. They're elite on the track side. You've you you have the best relationships probably with with coaches from from both of those programs. You know, I, that would be the one that would scare the, the heck out of me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, that's seems to make yeah North Carolina or South Carolina. Sorry, has definitely gained some momentum here in the last month, month and a half on the recruiting trail for sure, but still don't see them on the same level uh, as an LSU type program. Right. And, and like you said, didn't like South Carolina was his last visit. Right. right. So it's like, there's that, we get that after guy, after kids visit Michigan, sometimes there's that afterglow effect. He's probably telling the South Carolina staff some good things or whatever, but either way, uh, this just feels like it's too contested to throw in a prediction regardless uh right if especially if he's not deciding until the winter or thinking about deciding until the winter that's an eternity on the recruiting trail and i know he's been pretty he's not a guy that's seen or gone to a ton of schools on football visits because he's been so focused on his track but still i mean there's a long ways to go yeah. in this one and would his Michigan did michigan get him up once yeah they got him up once right i mean uh, and that was a while ago yeah. yeah so you know Michigan will get a second shot here. He's a, he's the kind of kid is going to get all the the fans and stuff will, will recognize him, and he's probably going to get a ton of love uh, before, after, during the game, even. So, uh, but yeah, too too far out for this one to make any kind of prediction at this point. But I, I totally agree, Sam. LSU just kind of a different monster when it comes to football <laughs> recruiting than South Carolina is, despite. The fact that it looks like South Carolina is recruiting more effectively right now than they have in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, I think they're look, man. I'll tell you this. First of all, Beamer as a head coach, uh, just from a from an effort from a persistence standpoint, he does a great job. He does a great. I give him credit. You like he and Mario Cristobal are a couple of head coaches. Marcus Freeman, um, you know, these are a couple of head coaches that you hear recruits talking about a lot as far as how involved they are on the day-to-day in recruiting. Most head coaches don't do it that way, that the, the way that those guys uh, do it, for instance. Um, that doesn't mean that they're the most effective. It just means that those those are some of the guys, those are three guys that I hear recruits sort of mentioning a lot as head coaches. But getting back to LSU, man, Michigan's had a dry run at this already with a receiver, with a track guy in Jalen Brown, right? And, and he went to LSU. now. Here's what I'll tell you. Michigan's still recruiting Jalen Brown. Right. And there's there's I, I don't think that there are I, I think they were given reason to think that they should keep recruiting him. Right. They keep keep recruiting him and just see. Uh and I don't think it hurts anything to do so. Uh just same thing, like I said with Dante Moore. I think they were given reason to believe, reason to think, hey, you should keep recruiting him. So, you know, just stay in contact, just see. Well, my point in even bringing it up is, is that here's a big-time track guy who loves Michigan, whose family loves Michigan, and, man, he chose LSU. And so that's why I'm, that, that track thing sort of has me a, a little leery, but you talk to people in the circle, and they say, hey, they do not think that that will be the determining factor. Who am I to say otherwise? 
just, you know, if there's a if there's a factor that separates them, a lot of folks are going to say NIL. I don't know about you, Bryce, but I just think that this kid's NIL opportunities are going to be gargantuan wherever he's going. He's going to put in NIL work wherever he goes. I think he's going to be in that position where he's going to make so much money at each place. You might make more at Michigan. You might make more at LSU uh, than, than some of these other spots. But I don't think it'll be like if he chooses those schools over South Carolina, I don't think it'll be because of NIL. If he cho- chose LSU over Michigan, let's say LSU is throwing around big NIL dollars. We can speculate on that, right? I don't think that he'll choose LSU over Michigan for that reason. That I don't think that'll be the deciding factor is, is my point. So, uh, but we'll, we'll see. December, maybe. January, possibly. January uh, paying homage to his his mom, whose birthday is January 30th, I think he said. So he could decide then. And I just happen to think that, you know, that would, you know, that would bode well for Michigan if he decides on mom's birthday. We know who mom likes the most, at least right now, right? I mean, would you want to give mom a birthday present, Bryce? Yeah, I mean, and if you let let's just say it's between those three schools, and we're talking about at the end of the year. I'm gonna take my bets that Michigan's gonna have a better record than the other two as well. So that can't hurt us, you know, when you're looking at. It. But yeah. yeah, I don't think nil, especially with the interviews, Sam, you've done with him, has been like the main factor he's ever really brought up either, because no. I think he knows that in his head. I think people in a circle have told him too that Nick. You're set if you go to Eastern Michigan. Right. You're going to get these deals <laughs> right. regardless. So. Right, right, right. No, 100%, guys. Well, uh, it shall be interesting. That and many other recruits. Here's another interesting thing. I heard that Michigan is, speaking of guys they're still talking to, I hear they're still talking to Roger Pleasant, for instance. That might be one. I mean, that's a, a friend of his, another track guy. I don't know if it'll go anywhere. But, you know, working some different – Working some different angles. They've re- recruited some elite speed guys. Uh, man, if they could just get that that track element up to where it just feels like it feels like it's on par with those other institutions, I I just I think that that could be what clinches it uh, for for Michigan. But not there yet. Far from it. Got to get them on campus, uh, and got to get mom and dad on campus. Mom's been here. Dad's never been here before. Dad's been to South Carolina, of course, uh, with mom on that unofficial. They're going to be going back for an official here in a couple of weeks. Dad's been to USC, the other USC. I'm sure the Trojans, are, what do you mean the other USC? They're the other USC, right? Uh, he's been out there. Mom hasn't been out there yet. So uh, we'll see what kind of ground all these schools can make up as he gets out on these visits in the in the coming weeks. But exciting times, fellas. We pride ourselves on not blowing smoke uh, with our with our subscribers, giving you the real, not always giving you the rosy picture, and giving you insight and intel that you can't really find anyplace else. Uh, and that's not just going to games. Uh, that's getting in the circles and really, really figuring out what's going on, what's making them tick. And right now, as of tonight, you can get in on an annual subscription for 75% off. It is our season opening special. You do not want to miss it. You can be in on the Victor's Club message board, 
all of our VIP offerings, all of our VIP stories. We have much more to come in the weeks to come over on the MichiganInsider.com. So 75% off right now, but only for a limited time. Just go to the MichiganInsider.com, get signed up. And by the way, Steve, I don't know about you. I'm a huge Paramount Plus fan. Now, I, you know, there's a show on Paramount Plus called The, the Mayor of Kingstown. Outstanding. So you get in over on over on the MichiganInsider.com. Once that, once that promo period wears up, now you're a subscriber to Paramount Plus too. You cannot yep. beat that. Cannot beat nope. that. So come on, get signed up now. Only for a limited time, though. 75% off over on the MichiganInsider.com. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. Uh, we'll do the next edition next week. You can always find it wherever you get your podcast. You can also, also find it over on the MichiganInsider.com. Thanks again for listening to the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.